Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, where we learn what is going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it. I am your host, Patty Eminger. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture from TikTok, or you may know me as the Grim Reaper. I'll get into that in a second. Anyway, I hope you guys are having a lovely Friday. It is the weekend. Hallelujah. I finally got my second monkey puck shot. Thank God. My arm now looks like it was beat the shit out of by a monkey. I have a giant red patch on my arm with like a really dark red circle in the middle. It looks like the Target logo. Oh, maybe I should get this tattooed. I love Target. Maybe I'll get it tattooed. But no monkey pox for me. Thank God. Just in time to go to the Little Nods X concert because you know all the gays are going to be there gang around serving hunty for the children mama so i don't want to get monkey pox from them and i finally chose what i'm gonna wear i'm wearing like a muscle red velvet really tight shirt with black pants and i'm gonna try to find black boots in time i'm just realizing now i probably won't have time to get the black boots but it's whatever lona's ex aren't gonna see my feet and that's not what he's gonna be focusing on when he takes me backstage to go down or maybe he will be focusing on my feet. And if he does want that, I'll give that to him. Anything he wants. Anyway, let's get into what we're going to talk about today. We have a lot of, honestly, life-changing topics. Like, world news today. Globally shifting. There's been a shift in the air. The The earth has tilted its access. We're going to talk about the queen. Not talking about Beyonce. Not talking about Nicki Minaj. The queen, Elizabeth, dying. Yeah, as you probably know because it was shoved down our throats today she died um and then we're gonna talk about leah michelle and her big comeback to funny girl and what the reviews of her performance were we're gonna talk about the new dancing with the stars cast zach efron's new face and he finally confronted what happened to his face i mean finally zach what happened to your face he finally told us and i think there was one more thing Oh, duh. Are you, are you kidding? The Don't Worry Darling drama. We finally got a lot of answers about what was going on in that premiere. Who hates who? Who spit on who? Who cheated on who? Why Harry Styles isn't dating me yet? We got all the answers to that. So stay tuned. Make sure you rate this podcast five star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Screenshot yourself listening to it. Post it on your Instagram story and tag me. And I will hit you up immediately. I have a whole section that tells me like everyone who puts me on their story immediately. Um, it helps the podcast grow because we don't have a big company pushing this out with advertisements and stuff. So it helps so much. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Pop Culture University. Take your seats. This is a Tuesday, Friday class, by the way. Tune in every Tuesday, Friday. Thank you. Whole lot of fake ass, make ass, backstabbing, hating ass, no money, kidding ass bitches. Y'all acting really ungrateful, I'm staying you hoes. I've been could have fucked y'all niggas. Whole lot of fake ass, make ass, cake ass, hating ass, no money, kidding ass niggas. I really been staying you niggas, your girl hate me, cause I've been shitting all y'all bitches. I'm the motherfucking pimp, 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 bench, rent, pimp, trick, daddy's only y'all here by now, nigga. Perkins, these bitches is popping, it's potent, the shit they be tweeting, they gotta be snobbed. Every nigga favorite, pussy get played with. I'm the type of bitch, jealous hoes can't hang with. Next to the head of the bitch, cause I'm fixed. The day we all knew would happened any fucking day now has finally arrived and that is that london bridge has finally fallen and i'm not talking about fergie and that amazing song i'm not talking about the duchess fergie she will live forever but queen lizzie has died and she's taken her glizzy with her anyway (laughs) i don't know what that means queen elizabeth finally passed away at 96 years old yesterday Thursday, September 8th, 2022 is going to go down as an infamous day. Thank God it wasn't three days later or else there would have been competing world news to talk about. But she's going to have her own infamous day now. 9-8 is now going to be its own thing. Queen Elizabeth was really giving immortal for the longest time. So this was kind of shocking. I truly didn't expect it. There was all these near misses. Queen Lizzie was edging us edging our glizzies when she was gonna die she finally really bit the big one this time 
She died peacefully on Thursday in from a statement from the Buckingham Palace. So it was officially confirmed. This came hours after her doctor said that they were concerned about her health. To me, concerned isn't a strong enough word. I would say like code fucking red. Oh my fucking God, she's going to fucking die. Like I wouldn't say concerned, but they were concerned about her health. And Prince Harry and Meghan Markle flew from Canada to the UK to be with her yesterday or the day before so that's when i fucking knew if Meghan markle was going to show her face in front of the queen it was going to be for her last breath so i knew she was about to take the big l and good for her i mean she really lived a long amazing life utmost respect to the queen the people in the uk really love her she's like the beyonce of the uk so sorry to everyone mourning her truly sending my most respect rest in peace she reigned for 70 years though can you believe that that is a lot. I can't imagine having the same job for 70 years. And she had the same husband for 70 years. I mean, she's a loyal ride or die bitch. And she was riding for them till the end. Honestly, that's really admirable. My whole opinion just changed on her. She is so loyal. She reigned over 14 different U.S. presidents. Imagine having Donald Trump for that long. That, I, I think the world would end before he would get to that point. She's really lived through so much, too. World War II, Two Girls, One Cup... She's been through it all. Her eldest son, Charles, Prince of Wales, will now take his mother's place on the British throne as king. And his wife, Camilla, will become known as queen consort. So she's not quite the queen. She's not that special. She's not going to snatch the crown quite yet. But King Charles finally gets a step up. He's been singing, I just can't wait to be king from Lion King every morning for how many? For 70 fucking years. So this is probably the best day of his life. He was probably so thrilled to see her corpse laying there in her bed. He said in a statement, King Charles, oh, King Charles, <gasps> he's officially King Charles. Isn't that weird? That was the first time I called him King Charles. And now it's like, you know, that's what we have to call him until he also dies. King Charles said, oh, there's like a man in charge now in the UK. I don't like that. He said a moment of great of he said it was a moment of the greatest sadness for me and all members of my family and then he chuckled a little bit no i'm kidding he didn't he said we mourn profoundly the passing of a cherished sovereign and a much-loved mother i know her loss will be deeply felt throughout the country the realms of the commonwealth and by the countless people around the world i am, have not been educated on the commonwealth i swear i paid really good attention in history class growing up too i really know a lot about history what's the commonwealth does that just refer to like the basic bitches the commonwealth the commoners the peasants that she would wave to every day. Anyway, Lizzie was having a bunch of issues over the past few years. I didn't know like short illnesses were what took out a lot of old people. So apparently she had a short illness that she just couldn't handle. She's been having back issues. She couldn't really walk that well. She broke some part of her body. So unfortunately, it was her time. And have you guys ever wondered what the process is for the UK after she dies? It's really intense. It's not just like, oh, she died. Let's like plan her little funeral at the local funeral home with the weird per with the weird morticians who are gonna do horrible makeup on her no it's like there's a whole plan and it's called london bridge plan or it's referred to as d-day i mean that's a little narcissistic d-day come on your death is called d-day anyway so this is the london bridge has fallen planned. So right when she dies, the second she takes her last breath and says her last words, which, which were probably Prince Diana is a bitch, B-I-C-T-H. Right when she takes that last breath, the doctors have to immediately alert the officials and they immediately tell the UK Commonwealth. Then right after that, they tell the other 38 countries in the Commonwealth. Then everyone on the news who reports this must be wearing black. It is officially morning time. They start a 12-day morning period, and you have to follow this very closely. They have to wear black. I talked about it on my TikTok today. I did not wear black, so I guess off with my head. They hang a giant side sign outside of Buckingham Palace that alerts everyone who walks by that she is dead. And then Charles become, becomes king and immediately makes a speech. I saw a little part of his address today. The nation will then mourn for 12 days. All comedy shows will be canceled for 12 days. You will not be able to watch anything funny for 12 days. No laughing. 
and there's people who walk around with guns and if you laugh you get shot on sight i'm sure you can stream the funny shows on hulu though just like in your basement like no one can like see you you can't play any offensive music so i guess no megan the stallion and then there's a whole procession where she will lay out for four days her and her coffin will lay out for four days for anyone who would like to come see her can say their goodbyes and they're expecting over 500,000 people to come and see her. That mortician better do a good fucking job. They better have makeup by Mario doing her or something. But 500,000 people are going to come and see her. That's insane. Imagine seeing that crowd. That'd just be a sea of people. It's really good to see how loved she was. I do like seeing that. How amazing that she cultivated such a admiration for herself. She really must have been doing something right the whole time. And I think it just comes down to her being a really good person. I think she did fight for equality and a lot of steps forward in the country that would not have been done if someone else was the queen slash king. So good for her for being so loved and adored all those years. Then, on day 9 after her death, that will be her official funeral. And then on day 10, everyone's iPhone immediately buys Nicki Minaj's new single. And that's really it. You don't don't get a choice. It just buys it for you. Anyway, Twitter has been having the utmost field day with the Queen's death. It was D-Day for a lot of people. It was the best fucking day for other people. Many jokes were had. I'm I'm sure these people still like respect the queen and are sad she died and everything, but the queen's death has been so anticipated and she's kind of been known as this very elderly woman who people were just waiting to die for a long time. So people had jokes saved up and they let them rip today, let them fire off. So I'm going to read through the best jokes that I saw on Twitter. And I think whoever told the best joke should be the new queen. I wouldn't just like give the um, position away like that, but Let's just go through the best jokes. This one says, Queen Elizabeth was just in my DMs talking about flying me out this weekend. <laughs> this is crazy. R.I.P. No, me too, though. I can't believe she was cheating on me. Someone else said, rest in peace, Princess Diana. You would have loved this. Uh, So right. My friend put on her private story. I'm not going to say which friend, but she said when the queen died, like on her public story, she was like, R.I.P. the queen. Then on her private story, she said, May she burn in hell, Princess Diana, the princess of the people. I LOL'd. Someone else said, wow, they move fast. And it's a photo of Buckingham Palace with a spirit Halloween sign on it as if they turned Buckingham Palace into spirit Halloween. Lil Nas X posted a picture of him twerking and someone said, why would he post this? The queen literally died. And Lil Nas X said, RIP to the queen, but I can't stop having a fat ass. Yeah, his ass isn't conforming to the morning period. I'm sorry. Someone else said, I can't believe I found out about Queen Elizabeth's death from Pop Base. I found out everything from Pop Base or Pop Crave. They're a Bible, literally. Someone made a fake Queen Elizabeth account. And they tweeted, pretending to be her. Ow, God, ouch. Why is it so hot? I'm burning. Why is everything on fire? Someone said, standing outside Buckingham Palace with my portable speaker, blasting See You Again by Wiz Khalifa. Someone said, breaking news. Queen Elizabeth does a kickflip and yells, psych, bitches. Prince Charles dies from sadness, knowing he'll never have the crown. (laughs) He probably would have a stroke on sight if that happened. Someone else said, the queen was just hanging on until Leah Michelle debuted Funny Girl. (laughs) That'd be me if I was that old, truly. Someone said, I told my mama that queen died and she talks about Latifah? Girl, (laughs) that may have been even worse. Someone, this person said, the queen dying just in time for sweatshirt and bike shorts weather is Diana's final revenge. She said, no one's going to be a badder fall girl than me. Diana will not get one last laugh being a thought in this fall like I used to do. Diana really finished her with that one. She got the last laugh. This person said, Virgo season took out the queen. Ain't nobody get shit done faster. No, it's really true. Virgos, you can't mess with them. Someone else said, oh my God, no, this is my favorite part. These are my truly my favorite jokes. Someone said, Trisha Paytas is one centimeter dilated. The prophecy is being fulfilled. People literally think that the queen is going to be reincarnated as Trisha Paytas's baby. That is going from like peak position of the utmost comfort and luxury and royalty to maybe the worst of the utmost mental 
health problems, chaos, ruin. That would be kind of poetic if she was reincarnated as Trisha Paytas's baby. And I could see Trisha having the queen as her child. That would just go along with the campy, chaotic nature of Trisha Paytas. And she really deserves that. I wonder if Trisha's having her kid right now. Everyone wants her to have it on 9-11. But the last one says, Queen Elizabeth will return in the multiverse of madness. And honestly, she probably fucking will. There's been weirder things that have happened. Pete Davidson dated Kim Kardashian. There's been weirder things that have happened. But anyway, I need to talk about something. And that is the fact that people think that I am responsible for the queen dying. On TikTok right now, I have a video up that has about 2 million views. And people are fully blaming me for her death. Let me explain why. If you follow me, you may already know why. But earlier this year, when Betty White died, I made a video hours before Betty White died. And I said, Betty White is in good health and she'll probably live a lot longer. Because people get concerned about Betty White, or they used to, and I wanted to reassure everyone that she's doing good. And People Magazine were getting ready to celebrate her 100th birthday, so they ran an article about her, and they had a source. Literally, someone who lives with Betty White said that she was in good health and doing fine, and there's nothing to worry about, so I made a TikTok about it, and then hours later, she died. So people were like, you killed Betty White. Patty, pop culture is the Grim Reaper. How dare you? You're such a bitch. You killed Betty. And so I was like, no. I did not kill Betty White. Let me just prove to them that I didn't kill Betty White. So I made a video that said, you guys, I Betty White didn't die by my hand. Let's do an experiment. And then I said the same thing about Betty White that I said a few, uh, you know, shortly before she died about Queen Elizabeth. I said, I heard Queen Elizabeth is in amazing health and she'll probably live for a long time. And then now she dies. So I made a TikTok about that, kind of responding to that. And I go, I'm so sorry, people of the UK, if I had anything to do with this, this was not me. I won't do these experiments anymore. I won't be fucking around like this. But if I do, who should I say is in good health and will probably live a long time next? And people are going batshit crazy in my comments, telling me that I am the Grim Reaper and DMing me and making like edits of me killing the queen, saying that it is all my fault and I know something that everyone else doesn't and I'm this pop culture grim reaper i truly wish i had that power and i just wanted to share that with people but i'm getting people like are loving this eating it up and some people are genuinely mad at me so maybe i shouldn't have posted it but you guys if i were to do this again make a tiktok about how someone's in such good health it will probably live for a long time who should i do next i have some people in mind who i think are good options to do this with i need to find someone who is who could actually have potential of dying and there's some people I can name. Let's just name them. Wendy Williams, Nick Accato Avocado, Dan Schneider. Um, who else? Um, oh, OJ Simpson. People were saying that I should say Chris Jenner next. I need to think of someone who could possibly die soon but who also was not necessarily like fully loved people were really mad about the betty thing so that's why people are going so hard about this because she was so loved and the queen kind of was too this time i want to do someone who's not really loved so help me think of who i should say is in good health and will probably live a long time next but anyway what can we learn from this whole story of the queen herself dying the queen was actually super inspirational she led such a truly magnificent life she was a leader to so many she's been through so much she's had so much pressure on her shoulders so out of that pressure makes a diamond so she's really said a lot of inspiring things throughout her life and i want to share you some of the most inspiring life lessons of things that she has said to kind of take away from her existence and celebrate her a little bit so she kind of gave some advice about life and growing and what to maybe take with you as you go through life so she said I believe that young or old, we have so much to look forward to with confidence and hope as we have to look back on with pride. As I look to the future, I have no doubt at all that the one certainty is change, but I do not think that we should ever be over anxious. When life seems hard, the courageous do not lie down and accept defeat. Instead, they are all the more determined to struggle for a better future. It's worth remembering that it is often the small steps, not the giant leaps 
that bring about the most lasting change. Over the years, those who have seemed to be the most happy, contented, and fulfilled have always been the people who have lived the most outgoing and unselfish lives. I truly love all that life advice, and she seemed to be really bright and happy to the end of her life, so there's definitely something to take from that. I really like the part where she says, young or old, we have so much to look forward to with confidence. She's lived a lot of her life kind of older. I mean, when are you considered older? Like 60? She's lived almost 40 years of being this older woman, and I always wondered, like, does that worry her? Does that stress her? People are kind of, like, waiting on her death to take over for her so i like that she always just felt like she had so much to look forward to and moved ahead with confidence and was never over anxious and kind of talked about how life will try to get you down but the courageous ones don't lie down and accept defeat you just keep going and you take small good steps towards the future that will then add up to big leaps towards greatness and yeah i really i truly believe that the key to a long healthy life is a happy soul and a um what's the word i'm looking for like pleased soul like do things that are good for you for good for your happiness and your mental and your soul and your spirit and that will truly give you a long healthy successful life like queen elizabeth Okay, let's talk about something that is on the totally opposite end of the spectrum is that much less important, much more lighthearted, switching gears a little bit, taking a break from the intense news. We're going to talk about the Dancing with the Stars cast. Now, I don't know if you guys care about Dancing with the Stars or have ever watched Dancing with the Stars, but it is something that I definitely indulged in. From time to time growing up, it really just depends on the cast. And this is a cast that I truly think is very good. It's it's almost very gay. Like, I feel like gay people would really like this. I feel like women would really like this cast. And they seem to be appealing to a different demographic. So maybe you'll like people who are in here. I think it's fun. The first one is the TikTok queen herself. Charlie D'Amelio is going to be stopping the tiktok dances and going into the ballroom that's so interesting to me because tiktok dances are kind of its own style of dance itself you know on dancing with the stars when they have to do the rumba and the cha-cha and the viennese waltz tiktok dance could literally be its own week in dancing with the stars and i wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't already i haven't watched the past few years so it's going to be really interesting seeing her just in her full dance glory, serving cunt, serving professional realness. And Charlie kind of, I mean, she's not a professional dancer. I don't think she was ever at one point like considered a professional dancer just because she was so young when she got famous. But she's probably on the road to doing that. So she might even outshine her professional that she's with. But she also might outshine her competition, who is her mother. Her mom, Heidi, is also competing on Dancing with the Stars with her. I, I did watch the D'Amelio show. Heidi seems... A genuinely nice woman, pretty down to earth. Nothing like the the Ray family. Ooh, girl. Nothing like Monty Lopez. Wouldn't that be so interesting if him and Addison were competing? Him, Addison, and Sherry and Young Gravy. That would be the best season to Dancing with the Stars ever. I would tune into that every fucking week. Ooh, that'd be that would turn into a bloodbath. But yes, the D'Amelios are competing. I'm sure Dixie will be on the sidelines and the dad. And it'll be a whole PR moment for them. I don't know if I would have chose Dancing with the Stars for them. But I think they'll do really good and she'll probably last the whole season. Next, Teresa Judice from The Real Housewives. So she's going to bring the drama. She's good at reality TV. She's going to interrupt someone's dance, punch them in the face, throw a drink on them. Can't wait for that. I think Teresa is fierce. Wayne Brady, he's an actor, comedian. I don't really know him. Sorry, Wayne Brady. Selma Blair, she's a really cool actress. She played Kris Jenner in the OJ series. That's really all I know her from. Arnold Schwarzenegger's son is going to be competing. He's a fitness model. So he's probably going to be really sexy and I'll probably enjoy watching him. 
Um, it, it, I think it'll be really interesting to see what he has to say about just growing up with Arnold as a dad and maybe some of the pressures that he felt for his physique or his career, or how to live up to Arnold. Cause Arnold is considered this God of the fitness world. So I want, like, I'm really interested just to hear the stories about that. Um, I'm into fitness. I like that. Vinny from the Jersey shore. That's iconic. I know Snooki was on it once. I think that was the first season I ever watched. So seeing Vinny go from fist bumping to now on dancing with the stars. When I think of Vinny, all I think is how they would always say his dick is so big. That's literally all I think about. And I picture him and Snooki hooking up because that was like one of the major plot points of the show. Anyway, good for Vinny. I feel like he's really latching on the straws right now. He's trying to be a TikToker and dancing with the stars. And he's doing Jersey Shore family vacation. So he's a cloud chaser. Constantly wants to be in the spotlight. Someone else, Jesse James Decker. She had a reality show that I love. She's a country singer. Her and her husband are so fucking sexy. Jesse James Decker and Eric Decker. Look them up. They're really hot. They had an E show. Like, I can't say enough how much they're both hot. Their baby is so blessed. Jesse's a really good singer too. So I feel like the gays like her. Gabby Windney from The Bachelor at I kind of gave up on that show. I'm sorry. It was so overproduced and it just got worse and worse every year. And also less interesting, also less sexy. I feel like they were just not casting as mon- as many people as I was interested in. I got over that show and its fakeness. And it felt like getting out of a toxic relationship, getting over The Bachelor. I might go back to it because that's what happens in toxic relationships. But for now, I'm just disenchanted i'm not going back to it but well whatever good for her following in the footsteps of other bachelor bachelorettes jordan sparks how am i supposed to breathe with no air fucking legend one step at a time there's no need to rush i can't wait to see her dance hopefully this sparks some kind of oh jordan sparks i didn't even mean to do that i'm just so in sync with her maybe this will spark some kind of Jordan Sparks re what's what's the word I forget words so easily these days what's it called resurgence Jordan Sparks resurgence that's what I need in my life why does love always feel like a battlefield she's so talented Trevor Donovan he's an actor I don't really know him Cheryl Ladd from Charlie's Angels I mean come on kind of iconic from one of the first ones shangela oh my god shangela from rupaul's drag race i am obsessed with shangela one of the best queens on the show she's so feisty beyonce loves shangela she was robbed from winning all stars three i threw my phone at my tv and went to rupaul's house and tore his fracking machinery out of the ground and poured oil on his house because I was so mad that Shangela did not win. Shangela is actually going to be the first drag queen on the show with a male partner. So I think the first male with another male partner. Good for Shangela. That's so exciting. And I'm so excited to get Shangela drag outfits every night because I'm sure she'll do drag. So I'm so excited to see Shangela. And then Jason Lewis from Sex and the City. Gays also love Sex and the City. So maybe you're into it. Maybe you're not. I'm definitely going to watch because... There's more than a few people who I would be interested in. If you're going to watch, let me fucking know. I feel like the winner out of all those people would be Charlie. But she has a lot of young fans. And I don't think young people necessarily watch Dancing with the Stars. But you also vote via social media. So maybe she'll get people to vote that way. So maybe Vinny, I could see. His age group, I think, would watch. Would also know how to vote. So I could see Vinny or Charlie winning. Good luck to everyone. One of my biggest dreams of life is to do Dancing with the Stars. I think it's so fun. I love all the dances. I love all the songs. And I love just any like musical number in a glittery costume because I'm gay. So if I could do it one day, oh, I am on Famous Birthdays. Maybe that's enough. Anyway, let's move on to someone else who I would love to do one day. And that is Zac Efron. Zac Efron, I would describe him as, I would describe him as God's favorite. He's God's favorite. He's talented. He can sing, dance, act. He has a perfect body. He has a face that is gorgeous. He's often referred to and kind of just understood to be perfection almost 
as a male. He's male perfection. He's the archetype of masculinity and being handsome. So if you remember last year, or, or no, it was earlier this year, or was it last year? No, it was last year. 2021. Zac Efron shocked the world with his new appearance. We know him as Troy, his smooth, cute face, his cute body, his muscles. He had a bit of a chiseled jawline. But last year he came out in 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 a video that he did with Bill Nye, the science guy of all people, promoting something Bill was working on. And he looked so different. He looked like Wreck-It Ralph. His face doubled in size. He had a huge swollen jaw. He had jaw muscles that seemed like they were given steroid shots. His face went from being more oval to just square. He had just a really big swollen face. So people were very, very confused. But it wasn't just like the bottom of his face. His upper face looked bigger. His lips looked full like Kylie Jenner. It almost was like he went through whatever the weekend went through for the Save Your Tears video with those prosthetics. He looked so different and people were really worried about him. T no longer stood for Troy. It now stood for T-Rex because he looked crazy. So people were comparing him to handsome, handsome Squidward. They were comparing him to Human Shrek. People were saying that, oh, maybe Zac Efron can play Human Shrek in the upcoming live adaption. Are they ever going to do a live adaption of Shrek? I don't, I don't think that's possible i just i don't see it um and imagine getting cast as shrek that would the check would be nice but i don't think my ego could do it so there was a lot of conspiracy about what happened to him why did he suddenly have this huge facial change there must have been something he done this was not natural people were saying plastic surgery chin implants jaw filler botox steroids hormones because things like that, like taking testosterone or something, can make the face look more bloated, swell up the bottom of the face, make the 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 manuscules, I don't know what that means, but like what you chew with bigger, those muscles bigger. Did he get some dental work that he was swollen from? Dentists were chiming in saying, oh, maybe he just got his wisdom teeth taken out. It was that bad. He looked so swollen. People were saying maybe an overall weight gain or was it a prosthetic? But he was still like really skinny. He still had his Zac Efron like really nice body. That was the first thing I thought, too. It just looked like someone who gained weight in their face. But I went to his Instagram and nope, those world star abs were still there. But he finally talks about what made his face go through this sudden inflating. And this is what he said in Men's Health this week. He said he was running through his house in socks and slipped smacking his chin against his granite corner of a fountain. He said he lost consciousness, and when he woke up, he recalls his chin bone was hanging off of his face. He said due to the injury, the muscles in his jaw, the masseters, needed to work harder to compensate. But through his work with specialists and physical therapy, the, the masseters just grew. He said, shrugging to the people he was being interviewed by. They just got really, really big. Zach didn't comment on this for a long time, though, because he isn't on social media. Zach is a wilderness man. He does all the manly, juice had gorilla shit, going out in the woods, getting bitten by insects, and going to the hospital for two weeks. That literally happened to him. He is someone who constantly puts his life at risk for the thrill of the wild. So he's not on social media like that. He's not like us who our version of the Super Bowl is Nikki throwing or Cardi B throwing a shoe at Nicki Minaj. That's not his life. So he didn't even know people were talking about his face like that. And then this is the gag. This is the fucking gag. He found out about it because his own mother called him and asked what happened to his face. She literally asked Zach if he got plastic surgery. Hers own mom was concerned about his sudden change in appearance that's how you know it's bad if you don't know these photos i'll put them i'm I'm gonna make a tiktok about this tomorrow actually so stay tuned for that if you haven't seen them it was absolutely batshit crazy but he did a photo shoot with photo shoot with men's health and his face has de-swollen it's gone back down to normal 
he must have moved past the part of his healing where his, what are those called? The masseters? I'm probably saying that wrong. They no longer had to overwork to overcompensate for parts that were broken. And what a traumatic injury. I feel so bad for him. What bad luck, too, just running through your house with socks. We all probably do that. The fact that that happened to him when he's so busy and doesn't have time to waste, one, getting a surgery on his jaw, two, compromising his appearance. I mean, he's Zac Efron. He can, his face literally, literally has made him millions of dollars. So that must have been really stressful for him. And I'm kind of glad he wasn't on social media during that time to not see what everyone was saying about him because they were going in. I'm so happy he's doing better and, you know, he looks better than ever. You could still tell his face just looks a little different. Like when Kanye had to get jaw surgery, just a little different. But but basically the same now. Happy for him. He also talked about his time at Baywatch with his men's health interview. If you don't remember, Zac Efron was in Baywatch in 2017. That film back in the day was so highly anticipated, even for me. But when I saw it with my friend, I was a little bit underwhelmed. It had Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Zac Efron. What's Nick Tonis' wife's name again? Priyanka Chopra. She was, they were all good, but the movie just didn't come together. I didn't love it. It seemed forced. It seemed too hard trying to almost accomplish timeless, iconic status if that made sense they kind of stuck to a really overused plot because i think they wanted people to be able to rewatch this and make it easily digestible and sort of something you could watch in any time period even like 50 years if that makes sense but they just overdid trying to make it perfect if that makes sense i didn't love it but anyway he got really really in shape for this so lean it was almost uncomfortable to look at i remember you could just tell that that was not healthy the level of lean he was he had so much muscle but no fat on his body and you know how hard that is watching i almost felt bad for him i wasn't even like oh zach looks sexy because it almost just looked like he tried way too hard to look like that it looked like he was those people on stage at a bodybuilding competition who just got a way inappropriately dark spray tan the whole movie and he was really in shape, you know. He looked good, but was it worth it? He said in this interview that Baywatch look, I don't know if that's really attainable. There's just too little water under the skin. Like, it's fake. It looks CGI'd. That's exactly what it did look like. It almost looked fake. And he said that that required Lasix, powerful diuretics, to achieve. So I don't need to do that. I much prefer to have an extra, you know, 2 to 3% of body fat. That's what he said. Diuretics are like, I think what makes, it's like they're like high in protein, but also high in fiber, I think. So it like flushes everything out of your system, but still gives protein to your body, flushes all the water out of your system. Can't be good to take all of that. He said that it had such a toll on his body that he started to develop insomnia, and fell into a pretty bad depression for a long time. Something about that experience just burned him out. He said, I had a really hard time recentering. Ultimately, they chalked it up to taking way too many diuretics for way too long, and it messed something up. He also said he was overtraining, eating the exact same meals three times each day, and not sleeping enough to keep up with the high level of energy he exerted, trying to stay in shape for the film. His body was almost so off-centered after this, and not kept at maintenance level that he had a lot of problems even after the movie where he would tear his ACL and dislocate his shoulder. He broke his wrist throughout his back because his body just didn't have the strength, the energy or the capacity to maintain restraining from injuries like that, that he may have had if he was maybe taking a little bit smarter care of it. That's really intense. What he went through. I wouldn't even take like an apple cider shot or take a cold shower for my health. That's way too intense for me. Those two things. So the fact that he went through all that is really commendable. First of all, like he really gave a lot to his craft and that is so hardworking. That's almost method acting in a certain way. Just he has to shape shift almost for these roles. He said he's bulking up for a role again right now. So he puts his body through a lot and I can relate to the overdoing it. I'm sure we all can at one point maybe overdid our working out or eating right and it can just get to a point last summer i was way more lean and while it was a nice feeling i was more tired my workouts were worse i wasn't pushing it like zach efron of course nothing that crazy 
But this summer, I've embraced being a little less lean. I'm still very in shape, but even just having the freedom of five extra pounds has made my life so much better. I have so much more energy. I'm almost happier. I have much better workouts, make more gains when I lift weights. It's kind of ironic, but being too healthy, quote unquote, what we've been taught that is, quotes healthy is unhealthy. So Zach said that he began to reconsider his approach to fitness while he was in Australia during most of the pandemic. Because I don't know if you know this, he got stuck in Australia for two years during the pandemic. He had a whole girlfriend there. He had a whole life there. Really, that could have been a movie by itself. But he said that even after Baywatch, he took an experiment with taking a really long break from completely stopping working out. Like he totally stopped for a while and then he went back to working out and he became much more enthralled in stretching and foam rolling and yoga and massages, ice baths and everything to just maintain his body and keep it nice and limber and ready for he's, what he's going to put it through. But even his workouts and diets were much less than before. So what can we learn from this? He even said he wants to raise awareness about long-term negative effects of that high-intensity level of training and what toll it took on him and what toll it could take on other people. So I think what we can learn is that before beauty standards has to come health. Even if you're a movie star, I don't know, maybe a movie star is listening to this podcast, health should always be your number one priority because it's all you have. Health is the foundation of fitness. Fitness is healthy, but too much of that is not okay. You want to reward your body with a good workout and healthy food, but not punish it with an overdone workout and not enough food. Even Zach Efron said he had to take a cold turkey break from working out altogether. So I think that just shows that if you want to make fitness a part of your everyday life, you need to make it an enjoyable, adaptable, pleasurable thing for you to do, or you're not going to want to go back to it. That's what I learned about fitness. While I was struggling with doing it too intense and then totally stopping, making it enjoyable and something that you look forward to and easily incorporate it in your day, that's the only way you're going to keep doing it and have it become a part of your lifestyle. So even if I'm at the gym and I don't like one of the lifts I'm doing and it might help me gain muscle, but it makes me uncomfortable, it's too painful, I will literally not do it ever again and I'll just do something else that maybe isn't what the influencers say I should do, but I feel better doing. And that's what's going to keep me going back. So I think making fitness more manageable. And I think that before you do something for beauty or to look good, you should just ask yourself, is it healthy? Do I feel good? Is this safe? Does this seem risky? And if the answer is yes, just don't do it and rethink how to make yourself feel better. The Don't Worry Darling premiere maybe caused more of an uproar in Europe than the Queen's death did. But we finally have answers to a lot of the drama like, did Harry spit on Chris? Did Olivia fire Shia LaBeouf? Does Florence think Olivia is a bitch? We know a lot of these answers now. It's about damn time. So first, let's start with, did Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine? I don't know if you saw, but at the premiere, Harry Styles and Chris Pine sat right next to each other. And while Harry Styles was introduced, walking to his seat, being all sexy and having the crowd cheer for him as he strutted his sexy legs to his spot, right before he sat down, it seemed like he spit on Chris Pine, who was already seated. And Chris looked down at his hands and smiled as if the spit landed on his hands. And Harry just mischievously grinned next to him. So everyone online was going batshit crazy. Wondering, did Harry really just spit on this man? And Harry finally confronted those rumors at his New York concert. And he said, he's so happy to be in New York. He was just in Venice spitting on Chris Pine. (laughs) 
It was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to be back in New York. I just popped very quickly to Venice to spit on Chris Pine. He laughed at us. He laughed at the rumors and seemingly confirmed that he did do that. He kind of may have just been making a joke out of it. But the fact that he actually said that at one of his shows and was just cracking up makes me just think that this man is so unserious. He's not clearing up that rumor. Where's your sense of humor? He loves getting a laugh out of us. He loves the mystique of it. And I respect that for him. So I guess... In my opinion, he 100% spent on Chris Pine. It was very obvious to me. I don't need to see a slow motion replay. I don't need to be analyzed or debate. He spit on him. He did. Next, did Olivia fire Shia? This was one of the first dramas that were going on with the film. Shia was supposed to star in the film, but then Olivia allegedly fired him because he was aggressive. But then Shia said that, no, he quit because Olivia didn't give everyone enough rehearsing time. And then he exposed emails that they were sending back and forth between each other, confirming seemingly that he quit. And then a video that Olivia sent him that it also sounds like she was begging for him back. But Olivia was in Vanity Fair this week and she said that she was so protective of Florence Pugh over Shia LaBeouf that she had to fire him. So she's double downing that she did fire Shia and he took those emails and that video out of context to make it seem like she was lying and that he actually quit. Shia does have a little bit of a shady history, so I wouldn't be super surprised if he was actually lying. But she said that my responsibility was towards her. I'm like a mother wolf. Making this call was tricky, but in a way that he understood. He comes at his work with intensity that can be combative. It wasn't the ethos that I demanded my productions. It's easy to fire someone compared to coming out and talking about abuse. So she said that he was in fact fired and I guess we'll have to take her word for it. These seem like two pretty controversial people, maybe with not the best reputations right now. So it's like, who do you believe? Do you really think he was fired? Do you really think he quit? I don't know. I guess that's up to you. Only, God knows. God and Queen Elizabeth are the only people who know right now. So the next thing we found out is, why did it seem like Florence Pugh hated Olivia Wilde? Olivia actually confirmed in her Vanity Fair article that they worked very well together. And the only reason it seemed like they didn't get along was because Florence wasn't posting or promoting the project. So people thought that was very suspicious. She wasn't posting on her instagram she wasn't going to the premiere either actually so that was another reason why people thought they weren't getting along but olivia said that she didn't hire florence to post she'd hired her to act and she fulfilled every single expectation i had of her that's all that matters to me she said she's the most in-demand actress right now so that's why she couldn't make it to the premiere even though it's pretty suspicious that timothy chalamet was also at another premiere in italy and he's working on the same project that florence was apparently busy filming so I don't know if what Olivia is saying here is true. We can take it with a grain of salt. But they were apparently giving each other space because Olivia just said it's her tendency while she's working on films to give people space and not over-socialize, just focus on the project and then support each other when they need to. But overall, give people space to just do their best individual work at their own assigned job on the film. And there was also this big rumor that Florence was mad at uh, Olivia for being distracted by Harry Styles on the film and that she would run off with Harry Styles after they were done shooting. And Olivia said that was 100% not true. She was there later than everyone else every single day on set. And those are complete rumors. Florence wasn't mad at her for that. But why would Florence Stylist make her caption on her Instagram photo, Miss Flo? She posted a photo of Florence with the caption Miss Flo, making fun of what Olivia called her in that video that Shia exposed Olivia for. So it, it all just seems like maybe it's not true and she's just trying to save face for her dumpster fire of a movie that she has going on. Lastly, this is maybe the most telling. People were asking, why was the, Italy, why was the Italy premiere of this movie so awkward? And Olivia Wilde said that, she thought the experience was a fantasy coming true. Despite all the 
noise online. She had a great time and so did everyone. And they were making something of nothing. But another inside source at Vanity Fair said that privately Olivia Wilde was crushed by what went on by the festival. So why would Vanity Fair have this interview but then also have this inside source? I think what's going on is Olivia is trying to do damage control, calm everything down. But the truth is she's just putting sugarcoating on the whole situation to try to move on from the film now that it's premiering and everyone can just enjoy it and finishing the bad press. But at the heart of this, I think her and Florence did have beef. Florence didn't want to make time to go to the premiere. She didn't want to post about it while other actors working on same projects were doing the same thing. How could Shia have two videos and an email seemingly confirming that he quit? It seems like Olivia's just doing a lot of damage control here and maybe she's not the most believable, but I don't know. Of course... Nothing is confirmed. It's all he said. She said. But I just don't know Miss Olivia Wilde. I don't know. And do I really want Harry Styles to be with her? I mean, if she makes him happy. But I wish Harry would just address what's going on in a more serious way and either back her up or not back her up. He's being very neutral. I feel like if they were a really strong couple, he would say something, at least a little comment to anchor her and make her sound better but he's not doing that so that makes me think maybe they're not even together anymore we don't quite have the answer to that though unfortunately but from what everything if i had to take a bold guess i'd say they're not together florence even posted about the whole thing and she said that the venice film festival was amazing the crowds the cheers the energy was incredible a massive congratulations to everyone standing on the carpet we premiered in venice a huge wonderful win in itself And she thanked all the cast and crew to help make this movie and for all their hard work. But the only person on the post that she specifically called out by name to thank was Chris Pine. And that would add up with all the rumors of there being drama on set. She wouldn't mention Harry or Olivia because they had drama. She wouldn't say anything about Shia, obviously. But still, this all seems to add up to the fact that maybe Olivia Wilde is just in denial that her movie went down like this. I'm still excited to see it. It comes out in theaters in the U.S. September 21st, I believe. So get excited. I feel like this will probably be the last time we talk about it on the podcast, but I'm definitely going to go see it. So I'll give you a little very honest review when I do, and that will maybe inform you if you want to see it. But anyway, let's move on to some other reviews of another piece of work right now, and that is going to be Leah Michelle in Funny Girl. Leah motherfucking Michelle, the Glee star herself, who played Funny Girl she played the the fictional version of Funny Girl in the show Glee, and now she's playing it in real life. I'm such a Glee fan, so when she got the part, I was embarrassingly so happy for her. I know liking Lee Michelle is kind of controversial, but I was. It just seemed like someone really fulfilling their dream. She's manifested this from being on Broadway to acting it out on Glee, and she finally got her chance to give it a shot take her stage and give it the best she finally could and the reviews are out and since leah michelle cannot read the reviews herself i will read them for her now before i do there's a lot at stake here because leah michelle's predecessor to the role beanie feldstein was initially going to play the lead but then basically got you know low-key fired from the project because she got lackluster reviews of her time on the show in july And she left far earlier than planned. Oh my God, that would be like a worst nightmare situation. Imagine being nervous if you're going to do good on Broadway when you get the lead role and you don't want to let everyone down. And then you actually do let everyone down. And then you're like fired from the show and you get replaced by Leah Michelle. You're responsible for Leah Michelle's success and resurgence and redemption. Oh my God, that'd be a lot to live with. Poor Beanie. Anyway... Leah Michelle got fucking amazing reviews from her first night doing Funny Girl. And it almost feels right in the universe that Leah Michelle did for some reason. As much as it's fun to hate her, it almost feels right. This is someone who I think was literally born to play this role. And I think the last few years humbled her a lot. And she responded to the great reviews really humbly. She just said it felt so good giving a performance that she was proud of and she's so thankful to everyone in the cast and all her long-term fans for buying tickets to the show so early. It was really nice seeing her like that. 
One of the reviews said, Lee Michelle gives one of the greatest performances you'll ever see in a Broadway musical. Damn, that's a big fucking compliment. The audience was ecstatic from start to finish. Forget the gossip. She's not to be missed and lives up to the inevitable comparisons with the greatest of her predecessors in the role. So not only did they say that she's the greatest, even on all of Broadway in history, but even compared to Barbara Streisand. I just know she's so happy because Barbara is like her Jesus. The New York Post said that Leah brought the show out of the gutter. Wow. The show must have been real bad before because they had to call in Leah Michelle to raise it out of the gutter. Like, that's risky in itself. You know it must have been bad. Someone else tweeted, well, they were actually at the show. They said, at intermission at Funny Girl, I have to say it. How do we give Leah Michelle a fucking Tony Award right now? How? She is fucking killing it. Oh my God, she is perfect. She got seven standing ovations. I didn't even know that was possible. I thought you're only allowed one every show. She got seven, apparently, after every musical number. And she got thunderous applause at the end. And everyone said it was absolutely believable. I just know all the Leah Michelle haters are punching the ground right now. Sue Sylvester is probably pissed at her success. No, but seriously, though, Samantha Ware is probably, like, really upset. The woman who kind of started the exposing of Leah Michelle, rightfully so, exposed Leah Michelle, but it's probably not good for everyone to see her success like this. Truly, I hope the last few years have humbled her. She was given such an amazing God-given talent. So hopefully the last two years were really leading up to this like pinnacle accomplishment that she's going through right now and centered her in a way where she can really appreciate the high of it because she's been through such a low and it kind of changes all the problems that she was accused of like being bad to work with and being a diva and being insensitive and racist and all these things. Hopefully that cleared all those things up so she can use her talent for good. And if only she could read these amazing reviews, I mean, come on. Vogue did an article about her and the title was Lee Michelle is back on Broadway and ignoring the rumors. <laughs> Vogue did Vogue said that if Vogue made an article about me that said that, I don't know how I could live with that. Vogue is really reading her to filth with that one. I don't, I, I don't know how I would be able to react to that. But anyway, what can we learn from Leah Michelle's success on Broadway after these last two years of people trying to bring her down, whether it be for not being able to read, people, who, everyone who have worked with her from every point in her life, exposing her, everyone just trying to bring her down. I think what we can learn is that you can't let the noise or criticism or your past and other people's words or judgment ever derail you from your dreams. The lesson is just keep trudging towards your dreams. No matter what in life gets in your way, people are going to try to derail you every single day, every phase of your life. You're going to trip, you're going to fall, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to feel stupid, feel like you're an idiot. You're the dumbest person in the world. How could I do this? I can't come back from this. No matter what, you have to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and keep going towards your dreams because in due time, they will come, hold down, just stay focused and keep looking towards what you want to do in your life and every phase of your life, whether it be good, bad, it's all coming towards your life's work coming together. And one day, whether it be near or far down the line, one day you will be there accomplishing your dreams just like Lee Michelle is. All right, you guys. Well, thank you for joining me on Pop Culture Universe Tea today. I had such a fun time spilling the tea with you guys and chit-chatting. Hopefully you got some cute little life lessons and were entertained. I'm personally so excited for this weekend. I feel like it's going to be a really just easygoing one. I'm finally going back out in public. I feel like this has been another mini 2020 for me these past few weeks because I've been quarantining because I'm such a freak about getting sick all the time. I just had the flu and then COVID and there's a cold going around. Did you guys get the cold? As you can tell, I'm a hypochondriac. I just think I'm sick all the time. So I've been so scared of monkeypox, but I'm finally going back out. Hopefully I'll look sexy at Lona Zax. I'm going to go to Los Angeles for my first time ever next week. I'm going to like meet my managers. I've never met them face to face before. I'm going to go to a little event with them and meet my other LA friends. Maybe I'll go stalk Kendall Jenner. And that seems to be the popular thing to do in LA. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm just so excited. I hope you have something fun planned for yourself. Hopefully you worked real hard this week so you can play real hard this weekend. Wherever you go, make sure to just be yourself because you are a bad bitch star just the way you are. 
don't let them intimidate you. Don't let them get to you. Just have a smile on your face and do your thing. And I will see you guys on Tuesday. Um, merch. I'm like, st- I'm not. I'm still fucking working on it. I had them. They showed me like one possible option, but then I sent it back and wanted it switched a little bit. But I think in the end, you're going to really like it. I feel like it's really a cute vision. So hopefully, I want to like get one and try it on in person before I would even consider selling them. But hopefully when I just put it on, I just feel the whole fantasy. And we'll be so excited for you guys to get your hands on it and represent the PCU world and family. The podcast really be growing. So I'm so thankful for all of y'all. And I will see y'all on Tuesday. But until then, I love you guys. And... Have an amazing weekend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.